Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. We got the future, y'all. Give Pastor Josh a big hand. I love you. All right, you can be seated. And uh, we're, we're finishing our our legend series this weekend and today, and um, next week's gonna be uh, powerful. You know, this, this um, today in the church, church history, in uh, the church calendar is called Palm Sunday. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that, but it was like this day where Jesus came into Jerusalem and people laid down their cloaks and they laid down palm, palm tree, palm fronds in front of him and he came in and everyone celebrated him. And then uh, the rest of his week didn't go that well for him, as we know. We'll talk about that next week. But one of the things that I've, I've gotten to experience this week, I think, in our church is we've just been in this, in this flow this week of just being in God's presence. And it's been really special uh, on Wednesday night to really have that encounter night, on Thursday night to have Draw Closer night, and then on Saturday to have a parent summit, which was uh, really practical. And I learned a lot there, too. And um, so next week's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, we're going to finish this legend series talking about a legend who's not really that well known, but I think is a legend and is uh, the, the, this kind of legend is the kind of legend we should aspire to be. So if you have your Bible, you can go to Luke chapter 19. You can look up the notes in our app. If you have version on your phone or on your iPad or whatever, you can see uh, the notes that I'm going to be sharing with you today. We're going to talk about the triumphal entry when Jesus came into Jerusalem on this uh, on this weekend that we celebrate the week before Easter, this is what Jesus did. So in Luke chapter 19, uh, says this, as Jesus came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go to that village over there, he told them, and as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. And as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. And so Jesus is, this is like this time in his life. This is the culmination of really his ministry. He's traveled all around uh, the nation of Israel doing miracles, signs and wonders, all kinds of powerful things have happened. And this is the climax moment of all of these people celebrating who Jesus is and, uh, and what he's done. And today I want to talk about the legend in this story that we sometimes miss, and that's the donkey. So the title of my message today is Get That Donkey Energy. We're going we're gonna to focus on being legendary like a donkey. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, but whenever I sit down with like, people in my life, you know, 
I don't know if you ever have done this, but people talk about like their spirit animal, you know, like my spirit animal is a shark or I'm like a lion or a tiger. Uh, Pastor Keith, we call him Papa Gorilla. That's his spirit animal. He's a gorilla. And I know all of us, when we think of like apex predators in the world, our first thought is like, of course, donkeys, right? Like we're going to end this series at the highest point of what we should aspire to be. And that's a donkey. <laughs> so in this passage of scripture, Jesus, we're gonna, I'm going to walk through it. So in this passage of scripture, here's what, here's what Jesus says. He says, go to a certain village and find a donkey. The first thing that we should recognize that's like important for us to do, and I don't want to just uh, um, generalize on this, but it's important for us to think through the fact that Jesus knows who we are and he knows where we are. And some of us go through life and we think, man, I gotta go find an opportunity for myself or I gotta, I gotta fight really hard to go figure out how God's gonna use me. And the, and the thing that, you know, that we sometimes forget is that God's the one that created us. He's the one that put destiny in our hearts. He's the one that has given us meaning and purpose. And of course, he's gonna help us discover that. So you might feel like you're a donkey that's just sitting in a pen waiting to be used and nobody knows where you are. But in this story, Jesus said, go to this certain village and find this certain donkey that, is, that has never been used before. When uh, Charlie, my first daughter was born, she's four now. When she was born, uh, I remember doing skin to skin for the first time. It's like one of my best memories in, in life. And um, doing skin to skin for the first time, God brought my thought process, brought my thoughts to Psalm 139. And Psalm 139 is this amazing passage of scripture where David's talking to God about how much David knows that God loves him. And so David says, you know everything about me. You know all the thoughts that I think. You know, my, you know my waking up and you know my lying down. You formed me. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You know what I thought about with Charlie is like when she was born, I didn't have to like talk her into breathing. I didn't have to teach her how to breathe. I didn't have to go, okay, now this is how humans breathe. Now that, you, now that your soul has come to earth, it's time for you to learn how to live. It's like, no, she, she was born, her eyes opened, her heart, her heart beat, and, and she breathed. And so it made me think, like, it's really unbelievable. It's a miracle that this person was not a person before, right? Like, it's not like we, we took a person from somewhere else and gave them to somebody. It was like, this person didn't exist, and then God brought them to the earth, and this person gets to be in my family, and this little body has a heart and lungs and all these systems that just are at work in their body, and how miraculous is that, that God forms us together physically, right? That, that we have all of this different stuff that just works physically. And sometimes we can, we can not see it as if God knows who we are and where we are. When the fact that you have blood pumping through your veins right now, and it's working is proof that God really has a really great plan for your life. Because that in and of itself is a miracle that you have all of these blood vessels that blood's just pumping through right now, that you're breathing in oxygen. All of this stuff is happening. David says in Psalm 139, he says, how precious are your thoughts towards me. They can't even be counted. So the way God thinks about us is uh, beyond what we can ask, think, or imagine. The way he loves us, he knows where we are and he knows who we are. And it's really important that the way we start today is by understanding that God does have a plan for our life. That we might feel like we're like from a certain village in the middle of nowhere, but even in the certain village in the middle of nowhere, Jesus says, hey, go to this place and I'm gonna use this person. And that's where it starts. But why should we have donkey energy? 
Because when you look at a donkey, like this is a full-grown donkey right here, okay? This isn't a baby donkey and a Clydesdale horse. That's a regular horse and a full-grown donkey. Little burro. <laughs> Why would I, in my mind, want to have donkey energy? Donkeys are small. They weigh half as much as horses and are several feet shorter, as you can tell, right? Um, in, in the book of Numbers, the, the spies go into the promised land. Moses sends spies into the promised land. And the, the Israelites, uh, the, the Israelite spies, they say, we saw giants there. And next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And so they thought we were grasshoppers too. Sometimes we all go through life and no matter how strong we think that we are, no matter how confident we feel like we are, we do at times feel like we are grasshoppers in our own sight. And so other people see us like grasshoppers. There's very real times in our life where whether we want to be a donkey or not, we feel like the donkey in this picture. Yeah. We're standing next to a bunch of horses and we're just like little and we weigh half as much, which, which you know, in America is a great thing to weigh half as much. <laughs> Second thing is donkeys are slow. Horses can, can run up to 55 miles an hour. Donkey, 15 miles an hour. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to do it. You want me to, you want me to, yes, sir. Pastor Keith said, use my clicker. So I was going to do this before, but I'll do it now. So first thing, donkeys are small. Second thing, donkeys are slow. Um, the Bible says that one who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. Um, the third thing is donkeys know their tribe. And um, if you learn about donkeys, uh, horses, horses and donkeys are really easily, easily compared. Horses in the wild and even horses in, uh, not in the wild, uh, horses in captivity, I guess. Uh, we don't like go see horses at zoos though, so it's kind of weird. Anyway, uh, horses will have really large social groups. If you, look at, if you look at wild horses in the wild, there's like 100 horses running at once. The way donkeys work socially, they choose one or two companions and they just roll with those people for life. I've, I've never really been around donkeys a bunch, but I've obviously this week I've read a bunch about donkeys. And what donkeys will do even with people is donkeys will like certain people and dislike other people, seemingly for no reason. But the people that they like, they never stop liking them. And the people that they don't like, they never start liking them. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 13 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. That's kind of how donkeys roll. If they think you're not smart, they're not hanging with you. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A donkey is the kind of person that sticks closer than a brother. And then finally, uh, donkeys fight for their tribe. Um, most of us, we, um, not that anybody in here is a donkey expert, although if you are, uh, I'm sorry if I'm wrong about any of this stuff. I don't feel like I am. I've done a lot of reading on it lately. But what donkeys are known to do, the donkeys are known to us as, as being stubborn. And a really um, animal researchers say that donkeys can be stubborn, but their, their, their attitude doesn't come out of stubbornness. You see, with horses, horses can run so fast that their first instinct whenever they encounter trouble is to run away because they can outrun pretty much anything. Well, a donkey, you're going to hit 15 miles an hour. So even if you run, your chances of surviving are pretty slow. When donkeys feel afraid, they just stand there and, and look at whatever they're afraid of because donkeys will fight. So donkeys actually will protect the animals around them. Ranchers will keep donkeys to protect their livestock from coyotes. 
Uh, in Colorado right now, there's a, there's a massive kind of wolf invasion that's happening all through Colorado. And what's happening is all these ranchers in Colorado are buying a bunch of donkeys to protect all their cows from wolves because donkeys will trample foxes and coyotes and hyenas in Africa and wolves here in America, and they will absolutely maul them and destroy them. <laughs> Most of us don't really, I, I didn't really have that context for donkeys before, that a donkey is an absolute animal. A donkey's an absolute fighter. Like a donkey is a thing that if someone comes at a donkey, a donkey will stand there and then just destroy you. There was a, there was a, uh, one of the accounts that I was reading uh, of, a, of a rancher with a donkey said that his donkey, uh, this wolf came, this wolf came towards all the, all the cows that he had. The donkey stood there, watched him come. The wolf is like, I'm alpha. I'm going to come get you. You know, a lot of people have wolf as their spirit animal, right? So I'm uh, spirit animal wolf. I'm coming to get you. Right? So he, the wolf runs towards this donkey, runs right up to him. The donkey jumps up on its hind legs and just slams down on top of this wolf, beats the wolf half to death, stops, looks at the wolf, and then kind of laughs and continues to <laughs> beat the wolf up. Like, so the rancher was talking about how this donkey was excited that he got to beat a wolf up that day. <laughs> like, I got to do my job. So Proverbs chapter 28, verse one says, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion or a donkey. <laughs> so why should we have donkey energy? I wanna, I wanna make this, I wanna say this differently than this to, to paint a different picture of the kind of donkeys that I'm talking about. Donkeys are faithful with little things. Donkeys are small animals, but in the kingdom, Jesus says this in Luke chapter 16, verse 10. He says, if you're faithful in little, I'll make you ruler over much. So donkeys are the kind of people that don't see small as small. They see small as today. Because God's got a future, but what I do with today determines what tomorrow looks like. God wants us to take the little things that we feel like are little right now and say, God, I'm going to be faithful in this because I know you want me to be ruler over much. Most of us, like you heard Pastor Keith talk about finances just a minute ago. We're like, I'll, God, I'll, I'll tithe whenever I make $100,000 a year. Right? I'll tithe whenever I'm not an hourly employee and I'm, and I'm salaried. I'll tithe whenever I'm more comfortable. That's, that's saying, God, I'm going to be faithful with big things. And, and most people, they only want to be faithful with big things, and so they only ever end up being ruler over little things. Because to be faithful in God's economy, to be faithful in little things, is what qualifies us to be rulers over big things. But most of us think in our mind, well, I don't need to be faithful right now because it's small. And I'll be faithful when it's big. And God's like, hey, it ain't going to be big until you're faithful right here. So we can think in our minds, like, that's not that important. But donkeys are small. Donkeys think small in a good way. They don't think small like it's always going to, you know, people that think small, usually the way that they think is, oh, it's always going to be this way. And it's never going to be big. People that think small in a good way think right now, we're going to be faithful with this, what we have right now, because we know God wants to do so much more. Donkeys are intentional. I read Proverbs chapter 14, verse 16, that, <clears throat> excuse me, that one who is wise is, is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. Donkeys consider the actions that they take. They have to, they have to do that because they're slow. They can't pivot very fast. 
They, they can't turn very quickly. So a donkey has to think intentionally about how it moves. So we should strive to be the same way. We can't be reckless and, and incautious in our decision-making. We should be wise and think, think, what's the wise thing to do here? One of the things we talk about at this church is to be wise is to not know the difference between good and bad. To be wise is to know the difference between good and best and choose what is best. The third thing is donkeys have right alignments. So Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 that I read just a second ago, the Bible tells us, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Proverbs 18 again says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A donkey finds those people. A donkey's not looking for a lot of friends. A donkey's looking for the right kind of friends. And so what we, what we often can do in life is not consider, Pastor Jeremy a few weeks ago talked about checking our circle. We don't really think about who we do life with. We just do life with who happens to be in our proximity. A donkey doesn't think that way. A donkey's like, hey, I might work with you, but we don't do life together because I'm not gonna be like you. And, and what we all know, and we, we say this to our kids, but often we don't, we don't live this out, is that you're gonna be like who you're around. So if I'm around someone who's like sloppy, who's messed up, who's always got chaos in their life, who's always dramatic. Well, that's exactly what I'm gonna have in my own life. Donkeys think about who I'm aligned with. What Pastor Keith says is who we're aligned with will determine our next level up or down. And we often don't think about that. We're often just like, hey, I'm just gonna do life with people. And I've seen a lot of people in like Christian culture and in the church say, well, you know, I'm gonna go do ministry or people that date and they do like missionary dating. Right? They're like, no, I'm going to get them saved because I'm in their life. No, they're just going to bring you down to your level. It's God's job to lift people up to his level. It's not our job to do that. Our job is to get around the right people. Our job is to think about the kind of people that we're aligned with. People do this, people do this in business too. They'll get in business with someone who has no character and integrity and think that their character and integrity is going like, to like make up for the lack of character and integrity that this other person has when really it just ends up being you, got, you get dirt all over you too because that person's all dirty. So what a donkey does is a donkey thinks, is this the right alignment for me? Is this the tribe that I need to be a part of? And then donkeys, they fight the good fight. First Timothy chapter six, verse 12, Paul says to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on what God has promised to you. With the, way a, the way a donkey thinks is that when the fight shows up, this is what I was meant for. This is what I was built for. Proverbs chapter 28, I read it just a second ago. The wicked will flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. When you know you are where God has you, you stay where God has you. You don't get freaked out and roll out. You just go, man, like, the fight is the fight. But what we think is we live in the Western world, right? We live in America. So what should I do? If something ever becomes too much conflict, I should disengage. Because the fact that it's conflict means that God's not in it. The fact that I'm unhappy means this is not a situation God wants me to be in. You heard Pastor Keith say this a few weeks ago, but there's not one verse in the Bible that says God wants you to be happy. Now, does that mean that God doesn't want you to be happy? Not at all. But does that mean that the purpose of our lives are, is happiness? No. Purpose of our life really ultimately is uh, uh, conflict. <laughs> when the donkey sees the wolf, the donkey's like, oh yes, thank you. I didn't know if I was gonna get to do my job today. When we see, when we see conflict and fighting good fights in our life, the way we think, the way we should think as donkeys is, man, the fact that there's a fight means that I have a purpose in this process. So, but we, we're conditioned 
We're conditioned by the culture that we live in to think that fights and conflict are bad. Now, the wrong kind of fights are bad because this is not about fighting a fight. Donkeys don't just go fight fights. Donkeys don't just go punch people in the head for no reason. They don't sucker punch. Donkeys, when the fight shows up, they're ready for it because they're ready to fight the good fight. There's a, there's a difference between fighting fights and fighting a good fight. And I know this as a person who's really great at arguing. I'm the best devil's advocate that you'll ever know. No one's ever gonna know how I think about anything because I'm always great at just taking whatever opposite side of what this other person's saying right now. That's not really the way that we should roll. The way that we should roll is understanding that if we have conflict in our, if I have conflict in my marriage, my ability to fight through that conflict, to fight the good fight for what this relationship could be, is proof that I'm a donkey. The reason why I'm in this relationship is to fight through the conflict and get it to be healthy. But most people just want conflict to go away. So they want peace, but they're not willing to be a peacemaker. To be a peacemaker means that you and I embrace the conflict and go, let's get through the conflict to a place of peace. Because you gotta make compromises along the way, you gotta collaborate, you gotta have all kinds of conversations to get to a win-win. That doesn't just happen. So what do we do? We become professional quitters. We, we're horses, we think we're horses, but we're donkeys and we're running away, but we're running away really slow because we're not actually meant to run away. We're meant to look at the conflict and go, hey, I got what it takes to navigate through this situation. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, Paul tells us to be steadfast and immovable. Galatians chapter five, Paul says, stand firm and do not submit to a yoke of sin in your life. So, so much of scripture is about battling, is just about staying in it and not quitting. And if, if we lean on the American way more than the kingdom way, then we just are really okay with quitting. I've seen, when I was in my 20s, um, you know, a lot of my friends, like, I've been married for almost eight years now, so like that whole season of my life, right, where all your friends are getting married and you're all getting married, it's kind of, it's over for me. So, well, kind of, because a lot of them are divorced and get remarried, which, you know, good for them, right? <laughs> so what people do is they say, hey, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna enter into, especially a Christian, I'm gonna enter into a covenant relationship in a marriage, but then I'm not gonna fight the good fight there, so I gotta walk away and go find some other situation, because that was just a little too much conflict for me. That didn't make me, that situation didn't make me happy. Like my family to me represents, it's my, I don't know, this isn't crass in my mind, but this, my family represents the livestock that I'm supposed to protect. Like the, the value that a rancher has is in the livestock that they own. So that's what the rancher has to protect. Well, what does the rancher do? The rancher gets a donkey, because that cow ain't gonna fight. My kids aren't gonna fight for their, for their future. I'm gonna fight for their future. My, like, in my relationship, like, I have, a, I, have a great, I have a great wife. Courtney's an amazing wife, but she's not gonna fight for our relationship like I'm gonna fight for our relationship because I'm the one that's gotta see the possibility in what, it, in what it can be. So a donkey shows up and they know that they're supposed to fight the good fight. So here's what else Jesus says. He goes on and says, I want you to find a donkey that no one has ever ridden. There's a lot of, like, we go through life and, and we don't realize that God knows how he wants to use us. See, this donkey, I don't, we don't know what the donkey's life experience had been up to this point. 
Um, but a lot of us think that, hey, if I get my influence in a certain place or if I get a certain business partnership or if I find happiness, then I'll be fulfilled and everything in my life will work and I'll finally have meaning and purpose going on in my life. And really, we're not used for a purpose until we decide to be the kind of donkey that God wants us to be. Because this donkey, Jesus wanted to use the donkey for a certain thing and in a certain way. He didn't ask the donkey, how would you like to be used? So our lives are ultimately meaningless until we decide to let God use us. And God knows how he wants to use us. God knows how he wants to use us in life, in our relationships, in all kinds of circumstances and situations. Most of, us go, most of us go through life and we think our responsibility is to go create meaning for ourselves. Like I have to go discover my meaning and purpose somewhere. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 actually answers this question that we have of what's the meaning of my life. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but allow God to transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you'll know what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is concerning you. What does God want us to do? He wants us to get in the flow with him. Not pursue our own thing, but get in the flow with him. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So that means in any circumstance or in any situation, we can be the kind of people that God uses. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 The writer of Ecclesiastes says this. He says, I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. I'm a slow donkey. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. Those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided by chance, by being in the right place at the right time. So in the New King James Version or in other, in other versions, the, the Bible says time and chance happen to them all. The way, the way to translate those, those Hebrew uh, words are divine coincidence happens to everybody. One of the things we say here at Elevate Life Church is when we're in the right place at the right time with the right people, the right things happen. Being in the right place is a decision that we make. Being around the right people is a decision that we make about what our tribe is. The right time is God's thing, and God brings about divine coincidences that, coincidences that make the right things happen in our life. But we often, in the midst of our donkiness, feel like this donkey in a well. You might have heard this story before, but once upon a time, there was a farmer who had a donkey. And this donkey was like this guy's best friend. Every day, this farmer would go to the marketplace and he would tank the donkey with him and feed the donkey whatever the donkey wanted to eat, carrots and hay and, you know, whatever else that donkeys eat. One day, he's walking next to the farmer in a field and the donkey fell down into an empty well. So the donkey, I don't know if you've ever heard of donkey before, but even when donkeys are happy, they sound miserable. But this donkey was actually miserable and cried for hours. So the farmer tried to figure out everything he could. He, he, he couldn't reach down into the well. Obviously, it was really deep. He grabbed ropes. He tried to pull the donkey up. He grabbed friends, tried to pull the donkey up. Well, even though a donkey weighs half as much as a horse, it's still, still pretty heavy. So the farmer is just really sad at his best friend falling down in a well. So, man, there's nothing we can do. And uh, he, he's like, well, you know, donkey's old anyway. I can get a new one. And so he decided to get his friends over there and we'll just get some shovels and we'll start just throwing dirt on it and bury the donkey. You know, he's still alive, but you know, there's nothing we can do to get him out of here. So he might as well just bury him. And I don't know, that's kind of a, I don't know which, which one's the worst way to die. But anyway, 
So he invites all his friends. They come and they start shoveling dirt on the donkey. Well, the donkey starts crying louder and freaking out and he's not being buried alive, right? And uh, the donkey's just scared. And all of a sudden, like the, eventually the donkey stops crying. And so the farmer and his friends think, oh, well, you know, we finally got the donkey under the ground. So he's going to be with Jesus now and everything's going to be okay for him. And a few shovel loads later, the the farmer and his friends are continuing to shovel dirt into the well. A few shovel loads later, they look down and they see the donkey. Whenever, Whenever the dirt would hit the donkey's back, the donkey just started to shake the dirt off and just step up on top of the dirt. And so the, na- the, the farmer and his neighbors continued to shove- shovel dirt on top of the donkey. And every time the donkey got hit with some dirt, the donkey just shook his back and stepped up on the dirt. Where after an hour or two, eventually the donkey just stepped up out of the well because of all the dirt that they'd poured on top of him. So, <clears throat> the dirt we experience is our divine coincidence. We all go through life. And we feel like, man, we are just getting dirt shoveled on top of us. I am in so much conflict, or I'm in the middle of the fight for my life, or I'm trying to fight for my marriage, or I'm trying to do what God's called me to do, but I'm running into all of this opposition along the way. And what God invites us to do is to be like a donkey and say, I'm just going to take a step up. Why? Because that's what God wants to do. God knows how he wants to use me. So God will put me in a position to get some dirt thrown on me so I can take a step up. So God puts us in a position to be used by him based on the dirt that gets thrown on us and what we decide to do with the dirt. And we've all heard these things, but the things that we go through either make us bitter or they make us better. These are all really great sayings, but these things are just really hard for us to to live out. So time and chance, divine coincidence will happen to all of us. Let me, let me give you like a little bit of a secret of what your divine coincidence is. It's whatever you feel like in your life where dirt has been thrown on you or dirt is currently being thrown on you. Because that's the kind of stuff that makes us take a step up and go, okay, if I'm, if I'm in a situation in my life where my alignments aren't, aren't right and I get dirt thrown on me because of the kind of relationships and the kind of friends and the kind of business partners that I have, that teaches me to take a step up and find better alignments. If I'm in a situation in my life where I'm going through conflict and in the past, I know that I haven't handled conflict well and I've been passive and I've walked away and I've quit and I've known that doesn't work out. The next time I experience conflict, what I know is that dirt that happens can cause me to take a step up. That when it gets hard, I'm actually supposed to continue to take my step up because that's what God wants. He doesn't want me to be the fastest. He doesn't want me to be the strongest. He doesn't want me to be the best. He just wants me to be the donkey. So what happens when we have donkey energy? What happens when we have donkey energy is what Jesus, what what we see played out in Luke chapter 19, where the Bible talks about how the crowds in this story spread out their garments in front of the donkey and in front of Jesus. And what that represents, what 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 a garment represented in scripture was identity. The kind of clothes people wear, even the kind of clothes we wear today represent the identity that we have. So, so clothes represented identity. What in this story that represents is people taking their identity, their thought process on who they thought that they were and laying that in front of Jesus and letting God define identity. When, whenever we uh, decide to be the donkey that God wants us to be, we know who we are and we know what we bring. And we know that's way less about us than it is about Jesus. Paul said that I must decrease and God must increase. 
Galatians chapter three, Paul says that we should put on Christ like we put on new clothes. When we decide to be like a donkey, when we decide to be slow, <laughs> when we decide to fight, when we decide to do all of those things that donkeys do, what we begin to realize is it has way more to do with who God wants us to be than who we are by ourselves. And we create an environment where people around us can also begin to discover their identity in Jesus because we've done the same thing. Because if God created us, God wants us to discover who he thinks that we are, not who we think that we are. There was a time, uh, oh man, almost 10 years ago now, I'd started this creative agency and I'd been doing all this work and it was the first time in my life where I was working like 16, 18 hour days and it just wasn't working. And so I went to Pastor Keith and I said, you know, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. And it was just a, it was a bad alignment for me. I wasn't in right alignment with, with the people in this business. And so he helped me navigate that. And I, I remember sitting down with him later on in that process going, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. Because in my mind, so much of my identity was in being a creative and being in the creative industry. And that's what I wanted to do. That's what I felt like my identity was going to be, was being like a creative guy. And um, Pastor Keith said, you know, that's, that's wonderful that you have all these things that you think you should do, but you never asked me what I think that it is that you should do. Now, Pastor Keith isn't God to me, but he very much represents a spiritual father to me that I asked him what it is that I should do. And so he talked to me about how there's a difference between having a gifting and having a calling. And my calling might be different than something I'm gifted in. You see, most of us go through life and we live life in such a way that we keep telling God what our, what our identity is. We keep telling God, here's what I'm gonna do. God, I need you to bless this. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I'm supposed to be in. This is the business I'm supposed to be in. These are the things I'm supposed to be pursuing. These are the relationships I'm supposed to have. And I really feel like God sits there and he says, are you gonna ask me what I think you should do? Are you gonna ask me what I created you for? Or are you just gonna keep doing you and hope that eventually that ends up being the right thing? You see, when we decide to be a donkey, we don't make it about us. Like the reason why this is a silly, a little bit of an interesting message, especially at the beginning for us, is like who wants to talk about the donkey? Who wants to be a legendary donkey? I think that's what Jesus points us to is it's not about us. No one's like sitting there going, wow, that donkey was so amazing. Look how great that donkey was, right? It's like, oh, Jesus, triumphal entry. Everyone's praising him. We're supposed to be the donkey. Jesus is Jesus. So my, my identity, who I am, is in him. It's not in my strengths. It's not in my gifts. It's not in my talents. I must decrease so that God may increase. And then the last thing that happens in this story is all of these people, because the donkey brings Jesus into the room, all of these people begin to praise God for the miracles that happen in their life. Jesus wants us to carry his presence everywhere that we go. This is what Palm Sunday represents, that when Jesus walks into the room, everything changes. The reason why these people were, were praised Jesus, the reason why they said Hosanna in the highest, and all of this stuff was because they knew that when Jesus came in the room, the temperature changed. When I was a kid, my dad used to talk to me about the difference between being a thermometer and being a thermostat. Thermometer is passive. A thermometer just reads the temperature in the room. A thermostat sets the temperature in the room. Most of us go through life and we don't think that we're supposed to set the temperature in the room. We just walk in rooms and we feel it out. So whatever is fine in the room is fine for us. But God wants us to bring the presence of Jesus everywhere that we go so that no matter what room we walk into, 
We're the ones setting the temperature. And we're not setting the temperature because we're so great. We're setting the temperature because we know who we're carrying on our back. Like I know that in my relationships and in people, in the lives of people I encounter and whatever world I end up being in, that my responsibility is to be a donkey in that situation to bring Jesus into that room. And if the only time we bring Jesus in the room is when we come to church, we're a really, really great thermometer because everybody else is doing the same thing. Like we're not, you're probably not going to go to work tomorrow and have a worship service on Monday morning at your job. So bringing Jesus into that room is more important than bringing Jesus into this room because we had a worship service to start the, a worship set to start the service today. But a donkey knows what they carry. And so no matter what room that a donkey enters, a donkey carries what a donkey carries and that's Jesus. Because every, almost every donkey on the planet, I don't know if you know this, almost every donkey on the planet has a cross on their back. And some people say that this is a representation of Jesus on Palm Sunday and all of that. And I think that's a really great and noble sentiment. But for the sake of our conversation today, if we're donkeys, we carry the cross on our back no matter where we go. What, what God invites us into is a life of being faithful with little. What God invites us into is a life of being intentional about who we're around. A life of being intentional about the choices that we make. Because it's not just about who we're around, it's about the kind of decisions that we make every day. What God invites us into is a life that's fighting the good fight of faith. Laying hold, Paul says, of the promise that God has for us. Like if you're a donkey, you know you're a fighter. That's what God invites us into, why? Because ultimately our identity is in him and we get the privilege, whenever we do that, we get the privilege to carry him everywhere that we go. So the world is an awful place, it sucks. Great, that's why God sent, sent a bunch of donkeys out here. Because we're a bunch of donkeys that are supposed to carry God's presence into the world. Not lament over the state of the world, not talk about how bad it's getting. If you don't like politics, why don't you go run for office? If you don't like the way that the school board's being run, man, you go run for the school board. If you don't like what's happening with your kids, like you stand up and take your place in your family. This is what it means. This is what it means for us to, to carry God's presence is we don't do that in a passive way. But whatever it is that God put me on the earth to do, whatever identity that it is that I discover in him, whatever room I walk into, I bring the presence of Jesus into that room. And that's what happened in this story. Everyone around the donkey celebrated Jesus because of what the donkey did. And so Jesus knew exactly what he was gonna do with that donkey. And that's the same thing that I think Jesus does with us. He says, I want you to be a legendary donkey. And I need you to have that donkey energy. Can you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? The most important thing of everything, we're gonna talk about this a lot next weekend, but we're never gonna miss an opportunity when we're in the room like this, whether you're watching online or you're in this room, to put ourselves in a position to maybe experience the presence of Jesus for the first time or for the first time in a long time. This donkey in this story really had never been used before until Jesus showed up on the scene and decided that he was gonna use him. See, in our lives, we can go through life and feel so meaningless, we can feel purposeless, we can feel like we're not enough. And the first and most important thing that I started this message with was that Jesus knows who you are and he knows where you are. 
Jesus wasn't looking for a thoroughbred horse. He knew he wanted a donkey. You might feel small. You might not feel strong. Uh, you might not feel like you're the fastest. Man, you're right in the position where Jesus wants you because he knows exactly what he wants to do with you. So you don't got to be something. You don't got to change everything. You just got to be in a position where you're like, Jesus, I'm going to let you get on my back. And that starts with us making him the Lord of our life and saying, Jesus, I want to carry you wherever I go. Us getting in right relationship with him. So whether you're in this room or you're watching online, maybe it's not even about anything I said today. It's just about God's been just tugging on your heart. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. It's up to us to open the door. It's up to us to go with him on the journey and decide to be that donkey. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, just pray this prayer and repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for knowing me and for choosing me. From this day forward, I give you my life. Help me to follow you. In your name I pray. Amen. Can we give those people that made that decision a big hand? Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.